0: Right, it's my pleasure to introduce our speaker at uh, Second Service. Most people love a good fairy tale. What if the happy ending could be yours? Elizabeth Manuel, a practitioner of the Center, is the creator of the outrageously happily married and tapping into happiness programs. Elizabeth works with people who are running on autopilot and robotically going through life. Experience the miracle of transformation, enjoy the life and love you have always dreamed about as seen on CTV dinner TV and Ched, Elizabeth shares surprisingly yet scientifically proven principles which positively impact physical mental and emotional well-being with a background in education and grief therapy along with 15 years experience as a happiness expert Elizabeth teaches her clients how to grow a happier brain become more psychologically healthy and boost their resilience Please help me in welcoming our speaker this morning, Elizabeth Manuel.
1: Thank you, Crystal. Yes, thank you. Good morning, am I on? Yes, good. Welcome to the center. First service, I forgot to start with opening prayer. So this morning, I thought at second service, we would start with opening prayer. So please allow these words to be your own as I speak in the I am if they resonate with you knowing that there is only one power and presence, that that power and presence lives, moves and has its being in, through and as me. It is the divine within that allows me to grow. It is the divine within that allows me to express myself in ways that nurture and heal. It is this divine expression that allows me to grow and to utilize my life in the best possible way. I'm so grateful for this intelligence within, this presence that I can always count on, that I can always rely on. I'm grateful for these teachings, for the centers for spiritual living. I'm grateful for this community. I'm grateful for my ability to connect to others that are like-minded, to allow this connection to grow and multiply, nourishing each and every person I come into contact with. I'm grateful for the opportunity, the gift of life, in this day, in this moment. And together we say, and so it is. How is everyone this morning? I'm a little hesitant to say you're really good based on what I just heard. Let's try that again. How is everyone on this beautiful sunny morning? So much better, all right. So this morning, this month, our theme is awakening and transformation. In our house, we have a joke about awakening every morning. Whoever gets up first lets out the beast. Our beast is a 63-pound German Shepherd. And what she loves to do, the second that door is open, is run up to whoever's bed is first and pounce on the bed like a giant cat until you awaken. Simple, right? So awakening in our house is very easy every morning. You just get pounced on by a giant beast. Then you're awake. But what is awakening, really? What is transformation? To transform means to take something that was and change it into something else, to transform. Interestingly, the name of my company I chose was MetaMind, which is beyond the mind, and transform, to transform. So it was very apropos to be here this morning speaking on that. Transformation, awakening, new meaning. Awakening always brings that deeper level of meaning rising and growing in consciousness, a changing of self, new aspirations, awakening to more love, awakening to more joy. Awakening is a very powerful principle in the Centers for Spiritual Living in the teachings of the science of mind. Why is awakening so important for us? in all of my last few decades of experience and teaching and learning, I understand that our subconscious mind is responsible for 96%, 96 of our perceptions and our behaviors. So what we see and what we do is actually unconscious. 4% of our lives are actually conscious, just 4%. We think we're making all these decisions based on what might be current, and most of our decisions are based on our unconscious mind where it's got a few stories going on. Anybody have a few stories going on? Couple of us might be there. So consciousness and experiencing more fulfillment means coming into this moment of now, and now and now. Sometimes we say, well, I didn't whatever this morning, so therefore the whole day is ruined, gone, too late. It's not true, because in every moment, we have an opportunity to re-choose, to make a new decision, to awaken to that moment, to transform. I've had many small awakenings over my journey of life, First service, I explained to everyone that I was only 22 and people laughed at me. So apparently, my Botox isn't working as well as I thought. But over my life, I've had a few moments of awakening that were small and gentle. And some moments of awakening that were more like the tsunami rolling over you. Anybody with me on that? So sometimes, awakening comes when we don't prefer it, or how it comes, we don't prefer it. So imagine, I've had many small awakenings, some big ones. I've had a few near-death experiences, and I'm not talking about those light, fluffy kinds that we read about in books where people are experiencing the light, and the right? My near-death experiences were not quite like that. Imagine this is you. You're clinging 1,200 feet above the earth on the strut of a plane and you're being buffeted by the wind because it's very windy up there and the noise of the engine of the plane is deafening and you're clinging and you're swinging and you're clinging and you hear a voice and the voice says let go and you say probably shout no you're clinging And you're swaying but your arms and your fingers are getting tired because you've been clinging for a while and you hear the voice let go no and you're clinging and you're swaying but you're getting really fatigued now and you know you probably aren't going to be able to cling very long But you hear the voice again let go no but your hands are getting fatigued and finally they let go and you're falling and falling, and falling when it happens. Your parachute opens. Thank God, you say. (laughs) Because if it had been up to me to open that parachute, no chance that it would have happened. I was so in fear that there was no way that I could have responded to anything other than just falling and accepting my fate. But that was a moment of awakening, of transformation for me to discover some new things about myself. How many of you have ever clung to something? Maybe it was the past? I heard another great expression after your first service, clinging to the idea you want of the future. Clinging to what you think the future should be. Maybe you're clinging to something that no longer serves you. Clinging to an old idea. Maybe it's clinging to a thing, a tangible thing. Everybody with me on that clinging idea? Do you think clinging is helpful to transformation and growth? Not as helpful. So when we cling to things and stories, we become a victim. Sometimes we get a little bit bitter, maybe a little bit unhappy. We really want something but we're not willing to let go of what we have. Often it's because of fear and we get stuck in our comfort zones. So there is a a difference between clinging and stagnating in our comfort zones and dormancy. So stagnation is when we really cling for way too long and we get stagnant, which is also stinky. And we just don't let go. We, we just aren't moving. There's no life force. There's no energy. We're just in that still, stinky stillness. Now, dormancy is different. Dormancy, we all have ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys in our lives. And right now is a perfect example of dormancy. What is about to happen to the trees outside? They're about to bloom. And they have been dormant, which kind of looks dead all winter. Would you agree? So they look dead, but on the inside, stuff is happening. They're resting, they're restoring, they're rejuvenating. And like the trees, we all have choices whether to regrow or to stagnate. Let's take a tree, for example. Imagine, because as humans, we have both a head and a heart, and our heads sometimes interfere with what our heart wants to do, would you agree? So let's imagine a tree, and it crosses its branches, and it digs in its roots, and it says, It's been a really tough winter. Spring just wasn't happening, and this winter, Woody was pecking at me all winter long. And the squirrels got squatter's rights and are living rent-free. And on top of that, the wind blew one of my branches off, and the birds have been pooping on me, and I'm just done. And I had to carry the heavy weight of the snow. And you know what? I'm tired tree says, even though you love those blossoms and you love those apples, I'm not going to blossom this year. To heck with you. Do you think the trees do that? Why? Because they don't have a brain. (laughs) They listen to God, to source, to unfold, and they grow, no matter how hard the winter was. No matter how difficult, no matter what else happened, the divine impulse within is always to grow, to raise our consciousness, to lift ourselves up, to become more conscious, more aware, more awake each and every day. And becoming more conscious is a very important part of awakening and growing, to be present in this moment. Automatic. How many of you have gotten to work without realizing how you got there, or you're just doing something robotic? And sometimes day after day, week after week, our lives run on this autopilot, and we're not really awake. We're not really in the moment. Our unconscious mind. 96% of our perceptions and behavior. That's what's running the show. How many of you know how many thoughts a day we have? It's about 60,000. 60 to 70,000 is most of the research I've read. Out of those thoughts, how many of those are negative? 59,000 is a lot, but research would suggest that 60% of our thoughts are negative. And also, on top of that, all of those, most of those thoughts, research again would suggest somewhere between 80 and 90% of our thoughts are exactly the same as the thoughts we had yesterday, and the day before, and the day before, and... 10 years ago and 20 years ago. So our thoughts tend to run us unless we interrupt them from our heart, unless we make conscious decisions to change and to transform and to let go of the clinging. We all have refractory periods and adjustment times and we all have the rises and the ebbs and the flows in life, that's so normal. But it's the staying stuck for too long that causes us to not express ourselves, to not be who we really want to be. Let's look at an example and I'll just choose Bob for example. So Bob comes home one day and finds out that his wife has run off with her personal trainer and their chihuahua and half of the money in their bank account, leaving him at home with two almost adult teenagers, they're 18 and 19 years old. And a week later, you run into Bob. Hey, Bob, how's it going? Oh, my wife left me and ran off with the chihuahua, and I don't know what to do with these teenagers, and I just don't know what I'm gonna do. That's pretty normal to experience and express. You run into Bob. Six months later, what does Bob say? Oh, you have no idea how hard it's been. My wife ran off with her personal trainer and took the chihuahua, and now they're living in the Bahamas, and I'm stuck here with these two teenage boys. who are driving me crazy. Okay, it's been six months. You run into Bob two years later. What does Bob say? Same thing. Oh, it's so hard, and my wife, and he's really stuck back in his story. Five years later, same thing. My wife ran off with a chihuahua, and it's the worst thing that ever happened to me. And he's simply stagnant. There's no growth. Bob is not moving forward in his life. He's not evolving. He's not receiving the fulfillment. So let's compare and contrast Bob to one of my clients. So I always work with clients who really want to move forward. One of my clients came to me after being in a car accident where he was driving and another person was killed and he was experiencing a lot of post-traumatic stress and high stress from the accident and upset, anger, multiple emotions were happening. And on top of that, a short time after the accident, his wife of only one year suddenly left him for another man. So he was feeling pretty beaten up by life, but he did not want to stay in that carcass that he was in, filled with anger and anguish. He was totally ready to move forward. And this is the power of transformation, the power of using the spiritual practices, the tools, whatever resources to help you through those periods faster, easier, more gently, to help us get through and reach the other side. So he came to me a very broken and bitter, unhappy person, and after working together, and it was him doing the work, so let's be very clear that I, don't, I can't do the work for anyone else, and he transformed so much that it was noticeable to his coworkers and his family, he's so calm and grounded and centered and peaceful. And before, he, you know, at work he used to fly off the handle all the time. Just amazing example of transformation of the spirit within that urges us to evolve and grow and move forward. Another one of my clients, Jane, experienced a very Sometimes we use the word tragic, I try not to, but a very challenging life situation when her husband and son were in a vehicle accident. Her husband was driving, her son was killed. He was 13. And of course, now you have anger, resentment, you have emotions towards your husband on top of the grief of losing your child. And again, her willingness to transform, to let go, to not cling to the past, resulted in her becoming an author and helping other people and transformation again. So the more we transform, the more we allow and help others to do the same. We're all in this big soupy mess together and the vicissitudes of life are going to be here for all of us, there's nobody that's getting out without life experiences and these transformations help us to awaken becoming more compassionate more considerate kinder a new being i certainly don't think the same way i thought 10 years ago because of conscious desire to move forward to allow this divine urge to grow expression in me, and every day, each and every one of us has the opportunities to grow, to choose, now, and now, and now. It doesn't have to be a catastrophe to force us into a new opportunity, into a new way of being. It's totally possible that we allow ourselves to deepen and grow. The more we change our brain, The more we change our thoughts, the better we feel. The better we feel, the more we change our brain. The more we change our brain, the better we feel. The better we feel, the more we change our brain. And we can totally get going with this idea of redesigning our lives, of developing who we want to be to allow that spirit within us to grow. As we change our personalities, we change our personal realities. As we change our personal realities, we change our personalities. And again, it just keeps on going, creating momentum as we accept what is and then declare who we prefer to be. Who is the person I prefer to be in this moment? Preferring to be better and not bitter. We experience more love more connection, as we raise our consciousness, more fulfillment, more joy. So let's make up a story about Joan. So Joan is the mother of three young children, and her husband, uh, suddenly she comes home one day and her husband is gone, he's run off with his personal assistant, his massage therapist, and his accountant. And they live now in Tahiti. And she's left with her three children to raise on her own. And so initially, of course, Joan is shocked and she's got some anger and appropriate normal emotions to express in the beginning of this big life upheaval. But Joan says, okay, I got to do the best I can for my kids despite what's happened, I'm going to be the best mom I can. And, you know, she takes her kids to their soccer and their ballet and their lessons and she takes classes and she creates a new career for herself. It's not always easy, but she's motivated to move forward, to develop herself. And along the way, she meets and marries an amazing man and she's happy and Ten years later, one of her kids is graduating, and she gets the call. And she finds out that her ex-husband is going to show up after a decade at this graduation. Well, Joan's first thoughts are, that's so-and-so. How dare he think he can just show up here after all these years when I've done all that hard work, and I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Anyone ever had a conversation in their head giving someone a piece of their mind? Yeah, and so she's working it out, and she's like, I'm going to punch him right in the nose when I see him. I am just going to let him know how much damage he caused. And then all of a sudden, another little piece of her kicks in, and she goes, oh, shiitake, I read the book by the Dalai Lama on forgiveness. Oh, shiitake. I read the book by Nelson Mandela on creating peace. Oh, shiitake. I read that book by Wayne Dyer, and oh, and I took that class at the center. I wonder if they really meant me, that I have to apply these spiritual principles. (laughs) Did they really mean me? Isn't that for everybody else? But the heart started to speak. And so she said, oh, this is my opportunity to practice, to grow into a new expression of who I am. And so before this graduation dinner, she started her forgiveness practice and compassion and sending love. And then she remembered that his leaving was the best thing that ever happened to her. The best thing. And so by the time she got to the graduation dinner, she was loving, open warm, she had completely transformed, she stopped clinging to the idea of the past, to the old thoughts that were no longer serving, to the old practices that were not supporting her. So she practiced all of the things that we learn. Here, meditation and forgiveness and compassion and how can we put those into action? Each and every one of us always have those opportunities to change our experience. It doesn't change what happened, but it changes where we go based on what happened. We get to be the person we choose to be. You get to live the life that you choose to live, to be awake now in this moment. The power within is love itself. You get to transform moving into this new experience and allowing those aspirations that are within to completely lift you up to what you were doing. So I mentioned I've had a few small transformational experiences, you know, along the way we grow, but we don't really recognize it sometimes until we look back and go, oh, that's how I used to think, that's how I used to behave. For me, I had a series of consecutive events that I didn't like to experience. This was a number of years ago when my daughter was still in elementary school, and this was a pivotal, pivotal time in my life. The dark night of the soul, sometimes we call them. First thing that happened was that my beloved dad died. And it was three weeks before Christmas. And so I'm dealing with the grief and the sadness of that happening, processing. One week after my dad dies, my house is broken into torn upside down, every drawer and cupboard has been rifled through and open. there's stuff everywhere, broken stuff, the back door has been kicked in, and I'm thinking, how am I gonna feel safe? I have my young daughter, like, you know, what are we gonna do? And just completely not grounded, I was off-center, experiencing all of this trauma, and I thought, okay, okay, I just gotta hang on, and get through Christmas, which was, you know, for me, not a particularly happy Christmas, and I'm just gonna book a trip to Mexico. Anybody ever wanted to escape from their life? All All the time. So I wanted to escape, get out, get away. Book this trip, second week in January. Anyone live in Edmonton in January? Okay, so it's a little tiny bit cold. Get to the airport. And I've got my child care arranged and my dog care arranged and I'm going with a friend and I'm like, oh, you know, thank goodness because I really need this. And the counter that I was booked to fly on was closed. And I was there really early. So I thought, well, maybe, you know, they're just not there yet because I was so excited to go. So I went to the next counter where there was a ticket agent and I said, hey, do you know when they're opening? Because I'm really excited to check in, to go. She said, well, let me just have a look at your documents. Gave them to her, and she looked at me and very nicely said, your flight left yesterday. (laughs) So I'm standing in the airport once again going, (laughs) Shitaki. But I'm really crying a lot. And now I have to drive back home, because there is no other flight you can take when you book those all-inclusive things. It's not like you can just hop on another plane. I had no travel insurance. I barely had any money for the trip as it was. And so I went home. And I put myself in bed with the blankets over my head. And I didn't want to come out because I was that bitter and angry and resentful and unhappy. And if you would have spoken to me, it probably would have spewed out on you. So three days I spent in misery. Why is this happening to me? And, you know, nobody's probably ever said that. All of that. I didn't say, why is this happening for me? Not yet, but why is this happening to me? Three days of misery, and then I had to make a decision. Do I just stay here under my blankets and stagnate in misery, or do I create something new out of this? And that was when I really made the decision to learn everything I could about happiness, resilience, that's, where and why I chose to become a happiness expert. That was the catalyst to propel me forward. And from that, I learned and grew and I was able to experience transformation beyond my wildest dreams. So it just, my whole life changed. Does that mean there's never any challenges? My wish. No, but it means that we have the resilience and now the tools to use, to move forward, to keep growing, to allow God to express, to let my heart lead rather than my head, because sometimes our head stays stuck and wants to cling. So with that in mind, I want you to just remember that every moment is an opportunity for you to transform, to grow, to challenge yourself to be the person that you ultimately prefer to be, to awaken in this moment to a new experience, to a new self. And in closing, I'd like to read this little story, which I did not write. It is uh, originally found in a Wayne Dyer book. Two babies are in utero, confined to the wall of their mother's womb and they are having a conversation. For the sake of clarity, we'll call these twins ego and spirit. Spirit says to ego, I know you are going to find this difficult to accept, but I truly believe there is life after birth. Spirit says to ego, or ego responds rather, don't be ridiculous, look around you, this is all there is. Why must you always be thinking about something beyond this current reality? Accept your lot in life. Make yourself comfortable and forget all about this life-after-birth nonsense. Spirit quiets down for a while, but her inner voice won't allow her to remain silent any longer. Ego, now don't get mad, but I have something else to say. I also believe that there is a mother. A mother, (laughs) ego guffaws. how can you be so absurd? You've never seen a mother. Why can't you accept this is all there is? The idea of a mother is crazy. You are here alone with me. This is your reality. Now grab hold of that cord, go into your corner and stop being so silly. Trust me, there is no mother. Spirit reluctantly stops her conversation with ego but her restlessness soon gets the better of her. Ego, she implores, please listen without rejecting my idea." Somehow, I think that those constant pressures that we both feel, those uncomfortable movements and moments that make us feel so squashed, and at times that continual repositioning and all of that closing in feeling that seems to be taking us places as we keep growing. I think it's getting us ready for a place of glowing light, and we will experience it very soon. Now I know you are absolutely insane, replies Ego. All you've ever known is darkness. You've never seen the light. How can you even contemplate such an idea? Those movements and pressures you feel are your reality. You are a distinct, separate being. This is your journey and you're on your own. Darkness and pressures and the closed-in feeling is what life is all about. You'll have to fight it as long as you live. Now grab your cord and please stay still. Spirit relaxes for a while, but finally she can contain herself no longer. Ego, I have only one more thing to say and then I'll never bother you again. Go ahead, ego responds impatiently. I believe all of these pressures and all of this discomfort is not only going to bring us to a new celestial light, but when we experience it, we are going to meet mother face to face and know an ecstasy that is beyond anything we have ever experienced up until now. You really are crazy spirit, now I'm convinced of it.